This is Steel Some Time. Here's the USL's Kelsey Steele. Season three, episode three of Steel Some Time is live. Kelsey Steele here alongside my partner, Scott Stewart. How is your week going, Stu? Just incredible. I mean, what's there to complain about? We, um, we'll talk about my, oh boy, just like near bullseye Phoenix prediction from Friday oh. night. And then, um, yeah, I mean, life's, life's rolling along. USL Championship. It really does feel like we're back in full swing. After yeah. this weekend, it feels like, all right, we're rooted. We're doing this thing. We'll get into a few headlines um, before we do a funny antidote here. Um, it's funny. We were just talking before we went live here. We're both moving right now. And um, as I was packing some boxes yesterday, I was thinking to myself, you know, nothing truly makes you question the value of something you own, like whether or not you want to move it out of one building into another. Like, do I really need this T-shirt that I got at a concert five years ago? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I trashed like, and I already don't own very much, and I trashed probably 50% of what I already own. So I'm just going to, I'm going to end up moving out of this place with like my wallet, keys, and phone. It's just, that's the trajectory we're on right now. Brand, brand new life for you upcoming here, Stu. Brand new life. That's amazing. Happy for you that that you're um, all nice and settled, though. There's, it, I say it's it's just like a workout. You know, you don't want to do it, and then when it's over, you're just so happy it's done. An so. eight hour workout. So we An made it. So you're done for the rest of the week. You got your fill. Come on, somebody. I, yeah, I don't need to. It doesn't feel like it. The burger <laughs> I'll have tomorrow will offset it or something. So we'll be back. There you go. Let's talk some headlines, Stu. Um, we didn't get to it last week, but we've got some big stadium news um, across the USL Championship right now. Uh, the 2022 expansion side, Queensboro FC, is coming to a stadium near you if you're in New York City. Um, they announced this past week that um, they're going to be playing its inaugural season in a 7,500-seat soccer-specific venue on the campus of York College um, of the, the city uh, in University of New York. Uh, this is going to be the first professional soccer-specific stadium that a club's going to be playing in, in New York City, which I feel like is, is not only a massive testament to um, the club and everyone over there operating at Queensboro FC, but but definitely to, to the league as well. Um, and, and a lot of great news, I think, coming out of that in, in 2022 and beyond out of New York. Absolutely. I mean, Queensboro FC has made a number of really high-level, awesome announcements recently. They obviously... Brought on Allie Wagner. Um, they made the announcement on York College. They earlier this week announced a new president of the team. So I think looking at their their momentum, I mean, they just like they want to keep the ball rolling. Um, but the stadium side of things, you cannot understate the importance of them being the first team in the New York City area to get a stadium. I mean, you've looked at there are teams there that have been trying for years to make some sort of progress on that front. And Queens somehow obviously working in collaboration with the city government was like, here's this lamb. We want to do this thing. We probably need a year to do it. And they were like, stamp it, hold a press conference, announce it. And the renderings, ah, going back to renderings. We love wow. them. They're incredible. I can't wait. I'm, um, I'm certainly hoping that in a, in a post COVID world, that's one of my first trips is up to QBFC. 
Now, obviously, it's going to be a beautiful showcase if we can get a national television spotlight there for for Queens and um, and ESPN there in the 2022 season. That would be a, a heck of a debut for the club if we were to make that happen. So another one to re- to add to um, the playbook. We're moving slowly but surely. A lot of things happening in the background. I feel like with the soccer specific stadium conversation, um, but it feels like Stu in the next year or two we're going to see a lot turn the page I think um that a lot quicker than we're expecting so it feels like a lot are, are kind of on its way uh, which is just exciting it's an exciting time for the league yeah I mean and this is the vision of USL right I mean this is the vision that President Jake Edwards has pitched for a while that our, our COO Justin Papadakis has pitched we want as many teams in soccer specific stadiums as possible leading into the 2026 World Cup um obviously we saw Colorado Springs We've seen Charlotte this year alone, um, Chattanooga in League One. There are a couple of great examples in League One as well. And then you have the massive amount that are working on that right now. Have Queens, Indy 11 looking at it, New Mexico United looking at it. I mean, just Oklahoma City looking at it. There are a ton of great examples of teams making progress and really trying to be a part of that vision leading into 2026. And we say 2026, yeah, that's like five years down the road. That's not you know, that soon, we have plenty of time. I would have said, yeah, 2021 is not, you know, it's five years down the road in 2016. And yeah, we're here, you know, like this stuff happens before you know it and before you realize it. And so the the biggest boost here is just the amount of good that it's going to do the cities and the communities that those stadiums are planting in. Um, we've already seen that come to life in Louisville, among many other good examples. And now we're just excited to see the ball continue to roll and um, Queensboro FC, the the latest beneficiary of a project like this. So much positive news coming out of Queensboro FC and New York City. I've got another uh, positive headline for you, Stu, as we move into our positive story of the week. And I feel like it might outdo last week's story. And, you know, not to get any crazy ideas here, we just, we have another dose of the crazy baby story because I just happened to stumble upon another one that I could not pass up. So um, you have to let me know if you like this, which one better. Um, but in the summer of 2000, social worker Danny Stewart um, was just kind of walking through the NYC subway, keeping with that NYC narrative also here, which it's all, it's all coming together. Um, so he's walking through the subway station and something kind of caught his eye in, in the corner. And what he thought was like a little girl maybe had dropped her baby doll or something turned out to be an actual newborn baby in the subway station in New York City and Belco cord still attached and everything. So immediately he calls 911 and then he called his husband, Peter. So authorities searched for like months to try and find these parents, couldn't find the parents anywhere. So a few months later, Danny shows up and, um, you know, he's here for this court hearing and the judge goes, you want to adopt the baby? And he's like, I, yeah, like definitely. Um, but like, is this how it works? And she's like, yeah, it's going to happen as easy as this. You're going to adopt the baby right here and now. And sure enough, 20 years later, his husband, Peter, uh, has now released a book uh, kind of about that whole journey. Um, 
but as a whole, kind of hoping people to to remind everyone about the hope and positivity and um, love that's still very much in the world. So um, many things pulling out of that one, um, obviously another heartwarming story and just like one in a million trillion things to happen or to hear about happening. I feel like that's very much like a Nicholas Sparks novel, you know, <laughs> that you're pulling out. Um, but and I think out of all of this, it's really... Um, I think what they're they're bringing to uh, the public is is a lot of really good reminders that there is a lot of positivity still in the world and there is a lot of, of hope and love still there. So love that story um, and and thought it was I had to share it today. I thought it was going to be a continuation of last week's. I thought that there was more detail that we were about to get filled in on. And I was like, I'm here for it, but um, for sure novel worthy, for sure book worthy. I will. Um, I've gotten into the habit of reading more than just the the cover page on books so i might actually like crack the first few pages of that bad boy well and last week joaquin rivas was telling us about his massive book collection now so maybe we'll we'll shoot him a note and have it have him add this one to his collection i'm sure he's eager for the recommendation i'm sure <laughs> no one better to pass it on than the steal some time crew radiating positivity let's keep it going Stu. our favorite series in the entire show restaurant of the week is here this one's coming from our mutual friend brad friedman formerly of minor league baseball now he's he's up over in um your old shindigs in uh, Indianapolis. He recommended Hodad's over in San Diego. So of course me doing my due diligence, I took to um, the internet to find Hodad's and my word, like right across the page, right? When you Google it's world best burger. So it's like Elf, right? Like world's best coffee, world's best burger. I'm obviously going to be <laughs> And I get smacked in the face with like 15 pictures of burgers that are like this high. And I'm like, okay, let's think about this like strategically. How does someone actually eat this this burger? Like they're, they're obviously just kind of making it to, into a salad or like a bowl at this point. Like there's no way you can do this. Anyway, scrolling down. Sure, sure, you know what you find a Guido burger inspired by Guy Fieri. And I'm like, this is full circle. This this was inspired by by the man, by the, you know, my my role model, Guy Fieri. Then I ha- I have to try this burger. It's got pastrami, grilled onions, spi- spicy brown mustard. I hope you ate lunch already. Um, it's it it looks incredible and honestly a crazy affordable place too. Like that burger alone was like $9.75. Um burger so- with your face. Yes, burgers bigger than my face, which I feel like is a deal. That's a huge deal. That's a steal. That's like uh, I'm I'm going there twice a week and probably gaining 15 pounds in two weeks. But like, I'm going to go for it. So the question then becomes, as we honor this incredible San Diegan establishment, how do you attack a burger that's bigger than your face? Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. I I I, I try to be ladylike as it is and cut my burgers in half. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like you've got to start like chopping Excuse it me? Pieces, right? What? What? She cuts it in half, which I guess is somehow uh lady. No, no, I'm I'm more concerned about the the lead up to that part of what she tries to be like. A lady? I'm <laughs> hurt. <laughs> I'm hurt. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. I didn't know that cutting your burger in half was ladylike, though. I didn't know that's how we were labeling yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, shoving your face into a burger, oh. I mean, I don't know. 
Compared to the alternative, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can get on board with that line of thinking. That's logical. But Calvo is putting me on blast over here. So I, I, I don't know. Now, now I feel, I feel embarrassed. Oh, look, I, 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 we, we've shared some meals. And I, one of the things that I've always admired is your uh, approach to them. Like, you don't, you don't care. You don't care about appearances. And I respect and admire that. I'm, I'm all for it. I feel like that was the most backhanded compliment ever. I've seen not you at all. Variety look, of meals, and I know you, you are not a lady. Look, I think you should also know me well enough to know that that was not backhanded at all. It's completely genuine and sincere. Listen, if you're going to have a burger, you need to embrace it. That's that's how I was born and raised. You're clearly not bringing the camera crew to San Diego for the next visit. That's all. That's all we're trying to get across here. All we're getting across. I we I do need to make this um, an appearance at this point. We spent like five minutes talking about ho dads and their burgers. So highly recommend you at least go and look at um at some of the pictures online, Scott, because the their onion rings also are close to the size of your face too. So they're just all in on. Uh, Wait on a the minute, Con- considering who the that. considering who the camera crew is now, I'm offended. <laughs> anyways yeah this looks legit this looks legit yeah right yeah and it has like kind of like a hole in the wall like street vibe to it very much all about all right cool so um san diego soon great bringing that support local vibe uh to 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 a city near you if you're in san diego i i hear it's great check it out appreciate for appreciate you for the wreck brad freeman and um hopefully the next year scott and i can both see who can get the full burger all the way in yeah one of us over landon donovan i have a feeling so we'll have to we might have to get the team out there and see what's possible it's for it's for the league yeah it's for the league league. we have have to (laughs) great cause Speaking of the league, let's talk week two, Stu. Um, our first real taste at um, the uh, true, I feel like, week in action. Still kind of on the, on the lighter side, but um, definitely have some some big games to talk about this weekend. First and foremost, favorite result of, of week two, Scott? Um, I love seeing how strong San Antonio started. I mean, yeah. I, I had a lot of... And I still think that the, the switchbacks have a good chance to be competitive this year. Um, but I love San Antonio's start. The the I don't know if I love it the most or if it's just the most surprising to me, but RGV coming out and just really like battening down the hatches, 1-0, grind it out over New Mexico. I think you, we could spend a lot of time talking about that result in general, um, but proud of our Copa Tejas squads for coming out just with the absolute heaters in week two their first games I think the San Antonio result it is it probably takes the cake I think for for both of us this week but largely because I think you wait to see this type of form from a San Diego side that often never truly comes to fruition or you know they start to get the ball rolling too late and for them to really hit the ground running and and their um, first appearance of the year I feel like that's all you could ask for um, yeah. from that San group. Antonio. San, San, you said you said San Diego. 
Did I say San Diego? Hodads on the mind. Sorry, San Antonio. Um, but really, that's all, all I could think about is um, is how I think we could see 2021 being a, a turning point for, for San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we, listen, we were highly complimentary and rightly so of San Antonio last year. I mm-hmm. thought the strongest team in Group D by far. Um, yeah. But playoff San Antonio is always different. It's always different. And I think that that is the most disappointing part of, especially last year was they looked so strong and yet still struggled to meet those last couple of hurdles. Mm -hmm. Um, Alan Marcina seems like he's motivated that group really, really well heading into the season. From what we saw in week one, they appear to have enough pieces to go the distance and some fresh faces, obviously helping out with that. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I think that's probably just, that was the one game on Saturday where I was like, okay, I have thoughts about San Antonio. I have thoughts about the switchbacks. Um, Colorado Springs disappointed me a little more than I thought, but San Antonio impressed me a little more than I thought they would. So I picked that one out from the weekend. I'm also shocked that you haven't, since that initial uh, intro into the show, ha- haven't brought up Phoenix yet. Well, because I wasn't surprised. Yeah, that. All right. That one hurts me. It hurts my ego a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I think that um, I think I had some high hopes for for San Diego and I really hoped that we would see a a different start than what we saw in in 2020. And um, with the way they had started to turn preseason around as well, I was kind of hoping that we were going to see this um, resurgence maybe out of the San Diego side. And it just, it, there's a lot, there's a lot that, that, um, that club needs to figure out, I think, moving forward. So it's early, right? It's one game. And, you know, I read Landon Donovan's post-game quotes when they were sent through to um, to our team here. And he talked about, you know, this one's on me. I did not prepare the team the way that I should have prepared them. Um, you do have to mention the loss of Grant Stoneman early on in the first half. I don't know if that would have made a big difference because, honestly, I thought Phoenix could have put five or six past. They were I- knocking on the door so early. Phoenix after chance, after chance, after chance, like I was just waiting. And so that's why when they, you know, they ended up with four, none of them were really surprising to me because they created so many chances that it was like, it is now expected that they convert at least four of these. So just a really strong performance. Um, Great way to welcome all those fans into a new stadium, but it is abundantly clear to me that they have not lost a beat, especially on the attacking side heading into this season. Phoenix Rising, man, they just, uh, they own their brand, that's for sure. And consistency is definitely something that um, they don't struggle with whatsoever. So I I, I admit I, I was wrong. And you know what, if I'm going to be proved wrong, that's the way to do it. So so hats off to, to Phoenix and, and their club. Um, huge win for RGVFC, Scott. You, you talk about that you know, first season opening win in club history, a, a, a really monumental moment for them too. Um, got that, those nice new threads on, they look great. Are you going to buy or sell that New Mexico's false start is worth worrying about? Cause I think that all can be said that, that we had expected more out of New Mexico in that meeting. Uh, I'm only going to sell it because again, like San Diego, I think cohesion takes time. Um, And I think that, you know, New Mexico, I talked about it in our our season preview episode. I think they've got an abundance of talent on their roster. Genuinely, they've got a lot of names that could be very impactful for them. They didn't pull it off. 
again, I think all credit in the world goes out to RGV for like getting the job done. Um, I thought defensively they were, they were extremely sound. Sometimes it only takes one goal and RGV proved that over the weekend. Um, but if I'm a New Mexico fan, I'm not, you know, I'm not all bells and whistles, like sound every alarm that we have. Um, I'm probably a little bit disappointed that that's how we started the season, but I'm, I'm selling the idea that it's, it's panic button heading into game two, um, heading into game five, maybe a little bit different, but they bought themselves some time. They're getting another test right away, uh, meeting El Paso this week, which we'll get to um, in the week ahead, of course. But um, I, I think for New Mexico, when you look at their offensive attack and the weapons that they have up front, do you have any concern about that unit gelling together and getting the ball in the back of the net? I think the big thing is there are just a lot of different pieces that have to fit in there, right? And so we talked about um, we talked about the big man, Big Dev, being one of my front runners for the Golden Boot. Then you've got, you know, I think Harry Swartz, you've got Ilya Illich, you've got Brian Brown, you've got just like a, an interesting mix of mm -hmm. players to go up front. I think sometimes you can look at those names and just say, wow, what a compliment of attacking power. But Troy Lacine's job now is how do I get them all to work together? How do I get them all to work well? Um, I've seen, and not that, not that Luke Spencer and Devin Sandoval are the same player by any means, but I've seen Ilya Illich work very well with all different types of forwards like Cameron Lancaster and Luke Spencer, not the same at all. I think Illich can work with Brian Brown just as well as he can Devin Sandoval. Um, again, it probably will just take a little bit of time, but I'm, I'm not worried that they've um, that they're going to turn into the Island of misfit toys. I think it, it'll just take, um, it'll take however long it takes for them to get the ball rolling. And maybe that'll be this week. Um, they're, they're among many really good games that, that we have in the week ahead. But of course, um, their, their opponent this past week, RGV, they're hosting the ESPN Deportes game this week, 8 p.m. Eastern on uh, Thursday, May 6th. So everyone can catch that one um, on, uh, on Thursday evening. The other big one to come out of this week, Paco Craig's return to Miami FC. Uh, they, they got away with that one 2-1 despite playing a man down for about 75 minutes. So we're going to hear from Paco Craig himself when we come back from the great from the break hear about his return and plenty more so stick around we'll be right back with Paco Craig what's going on everyone I hope you're all well this is Paco Craig here with Kelsey on Steal Some Time the man, the myth, the legend, Paco Craig joins us now. Paco, thanks for uh, virtually stopping by the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Kelsey. Good to see you again. Good to see you. And you're a pro when it comes to interviews with me at this point. So I figured we'd start off with a, a bit of a twist to, to this one for you, if if you're, you're game. Come on, you know I'm ready to improvise. <laughs> so since we have you on today, I thought it would be fun to kind of figure out what you think about some of your teammates but with you especially i was like you know i think we need to expand this a little bit and i think we need to see loop in some of his former and current teammates into this so i've got five superlative questions for you and you've got to name the teammate uh that that uh goes with the corresponding question does that sound okay. good okay i like this i like the sound of this Okay. Okay. And this one's right up your alley. So, uh, first, first question, this guy could not put an outfit together if his life depended on it. Who's the teammate with the worst style? 
this that's that's us. Why are we starting with the harsh ones, man? <laughs> I would um, I mean, all right. It would probably have to be Ramon De Campo, even though I like him. I like he's very individual, but I have to kind of throw him under the bus here. I'm sorry, Ramon. Just not vibing with his style. Um, or lack yeah, there. Yeah, the one. I mean, the positive is it's extremely expressive and unique. You know, he's not afraid, which is okay. which is important. But yeah, that's not really no. I wouldn't go with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's can't. a no for me, dog. Yeah, unfortunately, so yeah. Okay, cool. Well, an easier one here. Number two, the brain. Who's the smartest guy you've ever played with? Smartest guy I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking football IQ or or like just in the world because they're two massively different things. Okay, let's do both then. I'm curious. I wasn't sure if you'd okay. group them together or not. I would say, um, I mean, straight off the bat, in terms of footballing IQ, I'm a big fan of uh, Pierre. Uh, Pierre De Silva, the, the young boy is on my team now. Okay. Um, no disrespect to anyone else I've played. I played with a lot of very intelligent players, but it just he's fresh in my mind right now. As of I like what he sees when he gets put into different areas of the pitch. He kind of understands switching his role very easily, and and uh, I like him. So I like his footballing IQ. Um, I, he's definitely not one of the smartest guys outside the pitch, though. So, <laughs> so I think in terms of just in, in general intelligence. Um, that's a, that's a good question. I would probably go with, um, oh my gosh. Let me see. Let me see. I'll probably go with a Connor Sparrow this year. Again, again, again. I mean, it's easy because he's fresh in my mind, but it seems like whenever I, I bring up a topic or a subject to talk about, cause I'm a big fan of of just talking about other things else than like football and the obvious things around football and the lifestyle. Um, and yeah, and I seem to be able to get in, into good conversations with him too. So I'm going I'm to throw Connor Sparrow, I'll get go team of the week goalkeeper in there as well. Love that. Nice little nod for Connor. Perfect. We'll keep that rolling. Um, very different avenue here. Number okay. three. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Which teammate would you never let date your sister? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. These are the kind of questions we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like I'll it. I'll you. I knew you'd be great with it. Um, You're saying former and current and yep, former yep. players? Yep. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm absolutely throwing him under the bus here because he's a top lad, you know? He's a top guy. But... um. Yeah, you could old uh, captain of Louisville City, Paolo Del Piccolo. <laughs> really? I'm not going into why. We don't need to discuss why. It's just he's a, he's a, he's a man I, I have a lot of respect for, and we see eye to eye, you know. And and, and I'm just gonna leave it like that. Oh my god, Paul Paul's definitely gonna come back to that. I just as long as you're prepared for the shade. I mean, you know, I. We have a good agreement, you know. We, we that's again, like I said, he's someone who I'm okay discussing these those sort of things. I love so. it. I love it, and I appreciate the honesty too. That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, okay, no, number four, you're reunited with uh, your former teammate and Speedy Williams, and I know you both know your way around the kitchen. Who's the better cook? <laughs> Who's the better cook? Oh, that's not even close. That's not even close, man. I mean, 
he he I don't know what he claims. I'm the better cook. I don't know. I don't know how you think he knows his way around the kitchen. I don't know. I don't know what he claims. I've I've seen him do a little bit of work in, in the he kitchen. Made, he made you a fish once, right? Or something, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we don't even know if he cooked that. I'm pretty sure I, there was at least three or four of his of you know of his community in there with him helping him out. Um, no, I would say in general, he might have one or two dishes he can nail, but in general, I'm definitely the better cook. No, no question. What's your go-to dish? Um, I'm very much uh, in my kitchen. I'm plant-based, so that way, like, I limit the amount of meat I eat. So I only eat meat when I go out to eat. So my 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 dishes, go-to dishes, are kind of like big family-style meals. Even though I'm eating for one, but I'm eating for like four when I'm eating for one. <laughs> so like, I like a big lentil dish, chickpea type dish, like veggie stir fries. I'm like, I don't do white rice. I'm a wild rice or sprouted rice guy. And then, a, and then always a big side salad with avocados, microgreens in there as well as your greens, and uh, and yeah, and, and fried plantain. I'm pretty much frying plantain every day. So oh, love a fried plantain. Are you yeah. taking? So you'll like if you go out, you'll do meat possibly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I can never claim to be vegan, but I'm, I very okay. much educated myself and really, really appreciate that. Even if I was to go all plant based, it probably would be better for me. But growing up as a Jamaican Italian, like I've had. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was exposed to too many good meats from a young age that I'm, I, I just need, you need it. You can't it's go tough. back now. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm big on plant-based and diet as, as the main reason of, of health and, and things like that. Well, we've seen a lot of people getting really vocal too, especially Olympians doing that, the yeah. plant-based um, type diet. So um, in- interesting note, last one um, here on um, your side, number five, the teammate that is uh, most likely, you're going to love this one, that's most likely to join a reality show after they retire. Most likely to join a reality show? Someone who just wants, someone clearly just wants drama the whole time. He loves making things up, nothing. <laughs> or make some easy money, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, thinking about my team now, I would say probably one of the young boys, one of the young Jamaican boys, Lamar, would do well on that, on something like that. He, he, he's got a lot of confidence, you know? He, so, um, yeah, I'd go with Lamar Walker. I love that. You were, you were such a trooper. It wasn't too bad, right? No, I mean, you know, I, I like the surprises, but some, yeah. you know, I threw a few boys under the bus there. I wasn't too keen on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if you guys will have some things to say about this, but but honesty with Steel Sometime is always appreciated, uh, Paco. Uh, that time that time you had back in Louisville, um, definitely special. You talk about the, the agreements and, um, and everything you have over there with, with Paulo. Do you have a favorite uh, memory or, or moment fr- from that time? Obviously, you have a championship or two, so so that's an easy one, but yeah. um, maybe special coming out of there. No, absolutely. I think the most unique moment I've ever experienced in my life was when we went, uh, we had no coaching staff for six weeks. Um, even though, like, I've had some of my best memories with Louisville, but that those six weeks, we had all the groundwork and strict structure of, of a very, like, well-organized team but with like with no one essentially to answer to so as long as no one like took the mic which we didn't we all still took everything seriously it was the most free i've ever felt and probably the happiest i've ever felt like training with a team like because you can imagine like even on away trips like we we i mean we didn't no one took the mic everyone took it seriously but then obviously you can relax you can have a few more jokes you can be a bit more like you know you can dress a little differently or as long as you're on time you know you're training you're giving everything 
it was those six weeks were hands down the, probably the best experience I've ever had. I mean, hard to argue with that too when you're winning. Yeah, and, and yeah, we didn't win the game in the USL. I mean, we, we won four and tied two, I believe. And uh, I mean, that, yeah, come on, like <laughs> that's yeah. I feel like that's quite unique moment. <laughs> I mean, one of many, I think, during your time uh, over there with Louisville. Let's let's talk about the last year and a half, though. So you so you chose not to return to Louisville City FC after that 2019 season. Um, yeah. In return, went back over uh, to the UK and spent a lot of time with with family and friends, which I know that you, you probably enjoyed as a as a big family guy. What was that yeah. time like back for you? Uh, it was extremely mixed, of course. Uh, I went back, not not necessarily to turn my back on the league, but more to give Europe a, at least one more good go before I'm considered, you know, a veteran, you know, like, <laughs> even age keeps getting pushed up these days. And um, I had some really good opportunities. So my first team I went in with was QPR, who were like seventh in the championship at the time. And I got a very lucky opportunity to enter. They weren't really looking for a centre-back, but I managed to squeeze my way in through, through a contact. And um, they brought me in. They were like, yeah, you can come in for a couple of days. But it went so well that I had stuck around for like five weeks with them and was on the verge of being offered something. So so like right off the bat of coming home, it was it was elation. You know, I'm home at home with my family for Christmas. But then I'm also training with like the highest level I've been able to experience in my life and doing and holding my own. So I was extremely buzzed about that. It didn't work out because they weren't really looking for a center back. Um, so they helped me go to Wickham, who are league below, but still like not far from where I live in London, a good English league team. And uh, and they signed me. They actually signed me to till the summer sort of thing. You know, this was about February 2020. And um, so right off, straight off the bat, I'm like, OK, like I'm, I'm establishing myself. This is exactly what I want to do, which is almost too good to be true, because realistically, like you plan, but then things don't always go to plan. Mm-hmm. And of course, the most unforeseeable thing happened, which uh, which ruined ground the whole world to a stop. Um, and that made the team let me go as well. And so from being let go after that, it was a bit more of an emotional roller coaster for sure. Like I, I could definitely put myself in a place where I was really appreciative of what I had because the world had come to a stop and I still had I was with my family. I was I had a lovely house, like a full fridge, which obviously is extremely important for me <laughs> and uh, and everything I needed. And I was with them so I could spend really good quality time with them. So I was really happy about that. But then obviously it's extremely disappointed that football wise things were getting hampered severely. Um, but I spent the whole year without regrets. I, I trained, I was actually in the best shape I've ever been last year, better shape, like, I was so, I just, all I did was just train my ass off, ready, ready and waiting for a team to be like, yeah, join in with us, let's see how you can do, and uh, went through a, a series of, of hearing things, and then things fizzling out, and then being told some things, and then things fizzling out, um, all the while, like, being as disciplined as I could with my training, uh, so it was, as you can imagine, like, it was extremely, uh, up and down topsy-turvy <laughs> like there was there's times emotionally where you've just been told you're not going to be able to go into this team that I've been talking to for a couple of weeks and you feel like what's the point why am I why am I working this hard or like well why am I getting up um out of bed even because I had no job I had like I had money saved up but if you don't have a job you have no obligations you know you could honestly get away with just laying around um so it was a massive test but again like you said, like put it all into perspective. I had a whole year solidly, sometimes 
forced to stay in the house with my family, you know? Yeah. And like being, having moved to America eight years ago, like I've never had this as a, as a young adult. Um, so I had some of the most incredible memories with my family outside of, of the sport of the job. Uh, so lifestyle wise, like I was still really, really lucky and enjoying it. And then career wise, obviously, like many others, I was struggling. So it was a balance in the end, but um, I got through it. And, uh, and uh, towards the end of the year, I, was, um, I had to reevaluate, reassess my, what my best options were. And that's kind of what led me here. It's, it's interesting you say that. So obviously a lot of perspective coming out of, of 2020. And I think it's it's important too to note that I feel like that was something that happened with a lot of people too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. On, on a personal and professional level. So it's weird, you know, they always say hindsight's 2020, but um, it, it often feels like everything really kind of does happen for a reason. And maybe that year was solely to, to get that time that, that you, you know, desperately wanted with your family. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I can't, I can't really regret much. I, I did everything I could. I put my best foot forward as much as I could, you know, maybe like six and a half days out of seven, you know, like maybe there's one day where you're like, look, I'm just, you know, I'm fed up with this. But like over the course of a year, you're allowed one or two days, you know, a weekend to just reset and relax. So yeah. yeah your perspective's everything. So you turn the yeah. page and it's like, okay, here's, here's the game plan here. Here's what the next, you know, five months look like for me. How did you land up upon Miami FC? Because I think I can speak for, for, I think I can speak for everyone here when, when we say that was such a, a massive news day when, when that came yeah. out that you were joining Miami FC. Um, to, to tell you the truth, uh, Paul had always kind of been in contact with me, even in years prior. Um, he'd always sort of earmarked me as someone he wanted involved in his organizations. Uh, so I appreciated that, but I was always sort of following my own path and what I felt to be right. Um, towards the end of 2020, when I'd essentially missed the whole one of my prime years as a, as a playing as a player, um, I realized, obviously, the situation is what it is. Even if I desperately wanted to play in Europe, if I was going to keep sitting around, not having a team, not getting paid as well, uh, it's not really the best idea. So. There were a few other USL teams who were reaching out throughout the year, always touching base, seeing where I was. And it's it's a nice feeling because obviously at the very least I felt wanted somewhere. Um, and then at a certain point, I kind of started giving in and realizing, look, like if my best opportunity is here, then let's start taking them seriously and figuring out which one would suit me best. And um at, towards the end of the day, like I kind of came to the conclusion that Miami with what it offered. Uh, was my best decision. And how do you feel about that decision now, coming off a pretty big uh, opening week for you, Paco? Um, I'm I'm extremely encouraged about it, but not just because of the, the good start we've had. And, and for me personally too, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy about that. But the main thing I liked as well was from the beginning of the conversations I had with Paul and with the organization, they were mapping out what they wanted to achieve very clearly. And they made they didn't mince their words about what they were trying to go for. They were very inclusive in terms of hearing me out with what I felt like, and 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 they were accommodating to that. And throughout preseason, we've had our obstacles for sure, but they've absolutely carried out through with what they were trying to say. So I think the most encouraging thing for me is that we've like the club as an organization and us as players have set ourselves up and and explained what we wanted to do, and then we're actually acting it out. And when I see that, when I see people hold themselves accountable to their words, 
then that's that's the that's a very big uh indicator that things should be going well so all throughout preseason as well I was feeling more and more encouraged and the more I got to know the players I was feeling more and more encouraged again um so the first game is more like more of a byproduct of how we started out from the first day of preseason a, a big first week of action and, and a telling one, I think, out of your side, especially playing a man down for about 75 <laughs> minutes uh, yeah, I, as well. Not ideal, right? Um, but nah. end of the day, got the job done. What can people expect then from, from Miami FC and, and your side specifically this year? I mean, outside of, of winning every game we play. <laughs> no, yeah, I, uh, I think... Um, Speaking honestly, I think you're going to see a maturity from our side. That's a big thing I'm seeing in the group. Uh, we have a lot of experienced heads with a good mix of younger talent. But um, there's definitely a mature side to the group. So any kind of obstacle, have you, as you've seen, any unforeseeable obstacle that might be thrown our way this season, which happens a lot, I believe we'll be able to overcome them one by one you know, each time. So that sort, of, uh, that sort of winning mentality, I think you'll, you'll start to see be established here. Looking forward to seeing that, Paco. And, and before I let you go here, Miami's known for so many things. The, one of the biggest ones is that food scene. And for someone yeah. like you who, who loves to cook and loves to experience new cultures, what's been um, your guilty pleasure so far over Miami? Um, it's tough to say. It's, it's really tough. There's so much here. But something that keeps hitting me back is there's a, a Peruvian place down the road, which do arepas as well. But they do a whole bunch of stuff, but they're actually totally plant-based. And so, I'm not really a big fan of imitation meat, but the, the there's a few burgers they do that just, they just hit the spot. So, like, even though it's plant-based and you feel good, it's kind of like guilty pleasure food at the same time, you know? So it, it hits both sides. So they kind of, they found that niche where you think you're doing well, but then also you're treating yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so I found myself wandering down that alley a few times. It's a uh, guilty pleasure without the guilt. Yeah, supposedly, but I'm, there must be sugars in there. There must be fun. like there's other stuff in there, man. It tastes too good, you know. There's a reason you keep coming back. So whatever yeah. they're putting in there, they better yeah. not stop. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I love it, Paco. As always, it's great getting to chat with you, and it's it's so nice to see you back in the league again. And I know I speak for a lot of people here, including Scott. Um, that says we're we're really looking forward to seeing what what you and Miami FC do this season. Um, and we're rooting for you. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And it's great to see you too. You're looking well. Thank you. Take care. Hey guys, this is Mark Lowry with El Paso Locomotive FC and you are listening to Steal Some Time. Welcome on back in to Steal Some Time. Paco Craig, always a, a great time. Honestly, one of the best personalities I think that we've got um, in the league. Scott, you had, uh, what, two two or three years of, of working with Paco under your belt. You have to have a good memory or two um, in, in that bank of yours. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of great memories. I don't know how many of them are, are podcast. Um, <laughs> um, no, nah, the the best part about Paco is that he's not a he's not a particular guy. He's more of a principal guy. Um, he's he's just a really good dude who um, he's funny. He's got a good character, but he really is a people person. Um, I've never seen him not be able to relate with anybody. And I think that says a lot about somebody's character when they're able to just kind of meet people where they're at. So I'm um, happy to see him back in the league for sure. 
I think one of my favorite parts about Paco is he's the exact same on camera that he is off. Yeah. Um, he, he was one of the first ones always to raise his hand if um, the league had to come in and do something with Louisville. And, and like, like from our point of view, always super appreciative of that because the, it's not always the most glamorous or, or fun thing um, to do on our end. And he always made it a, a really great time in a great interview. And it feels like you always got something new out of Paco and with, with each interview. Yeah, he's great. I mean, great guy, raised well, super well-spoken. Um, I think we could probably sit here for a long time and talk about all the good things about Paco Craig. So glad he spoke for himself. He's making plenty of noise across social this week. That's without question. Elsewhere uh, across the social media f- sphere this week, we have a good social media moment of the week. I like this one, Stu. Um, Las Vegas this past week signed uh, Danny Trejo, who name might sound familiar to to a few of you. Um, and, and no, he's not the the famous actor. Um, he's he's joining the club uh, as part of possibly the starting eleven this week, even. Um, but it's the graphic I think that stirred up a, a lot of conversation on social this week. So if you haven't seen it yet, go go to their um, the, the club's Twitter and take a look at it. They've actually got the actor Danny Trejo in like the background of uh, of his announcement graphic, which like I don't know how better to embrace an announcement than doing it that way. Yeah. I mean, I would hate to be Danny Trejo and you figure out (laughs) what I'm talking about, you know, that's up to the audience to decide. But um, yeah, I think like an incredible namesake and Vegas making the Vegas just being Vegas, making the most of any opportunity that they possibly can. Um, Might see him this week against Los Dos. Favorite Danny Trejo movie. Mm, the The one I'm about to see on Wednesday night. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah, go. that's a good one. Shameless, go. shameless USL plug. I figured you'd probably like that. Um, I'd probably Such say company Conner. man. Even yeah, I know, right? Um, no, Connor. Um, I think it's a great movie, even though I don't like a couple of the other uh, unnamed actors in that bad boy. But yeah, Spy Kids is mine. Oh, okay, great choice, fantastic choice. That's a throwback to like Regal Cinema's 2000, early 2000s for, for us. One of the best movies of our childhood. I don't, I don't care who you are. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, all right, we'll, we'll keep it moving and look into the week ahead, Scott, because I think this week has so many pivotal games across the board. We, of course, have that, that ESPN game of the week, Thursday, May 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern ESPN, ESPN Deportes between RGV and San Diego. Will we see a different look at the San Diego side after they've had a, a good five days or so to, to turn around from that game on Saturday night? Do you have a bold prediction on that one, Scott? Probably not a bold prediction, but I do think that San Diego gets three points. Um, I think that was the other thing that I I picked up off um, Donovan's quotes after the the Phoenix game was, you know, I have I have five days. I have six days to get these guys turned around. They will look different on, you know, Thursday night than they would have on Friday night. So I know they're determined. I think he's going to get the job done. Um, I think he's going to get it right. And, and not that, not that the lineup was necessarily wrong, but the way they tried to approach Phoenix was not going to happen. Um, I think the funniest part for me though, was that he said, we don't really know much about RGV. Um, We're going to watch them against New Mexico. And obviously that game did not go the way that I thought it would have. So I'm curious to hear what Donovan thinks after he faces their side um, on Thursday night. 
And two, some adjustments that he's going to make coming from this past weekend, too. Looking forward to seeing those on display as well. But I think what's crazy about this week ahead is, is that it's not even close to nearly the only good game. I personally think that this is the best Saturday slate that we've had in my four years with the league. Um, every single game that we're seeing on Saturday night is going to be good and it is going to be uh, worth the watch on ESPN plus a few debuts um, as well for, for this weekend, Oakland, El Paso, Pittsburgh, quick thoughts out of, out of Oakland and that squad. It, it's gotta be the club that we know the least about, right? Like the, the, we, I think at this point, so don't have a, um, a uh, full-time head coach in that, in that new role. Um, They're still rolling with, with the interim role at that point. So what are you expecting uh, out of Oakland this weekend? Honestly, um, in the most respectful way possible, a really difficult start. Okay. Uh, I mean, to, to open your season, just with all the circumstances around there, they might look like the freshest team in the league with the, the new kids. I love them. Um, but they're playing a Phoenix team whose confidence will be supremely high. I mean, they just showed the nation what they were capable of doing against San Diego. Now they get the, the newcomers, the new guys coming into the leagues, and I'm sure Phoenix is going to feel very, very good about that. So um, I'm glad that's how we get to close our Saturday. I'm for sure with you. I think this is the best Saturday slate that, that we've had since I've been a part of this organization. And um, I'm just bummed that I can't watch all games at once. I'll actually be at Al Lang Stadium for the second straight week. So I'll be playing a little bit of catch up after that. But um, yeah, this is going to be a good weekend. I know that's how you love spending your Sunday, Scott. Don't don't try to tell. Oh, for it. sure. I spend a solid like hour, two hours on Sunday, just like going back through and just combing meticulously through all the results just to see how everybody did. But um, I get to enjoy my Saturday night watching watching Tampa Bay Pittsburgh. That's And that's going to be a good one as well. I think we're going to see a little bit different of a scenario in that one. I don't think we're going to see that 3-0 um, scoreline that we saw this past week with the Rowdies. I, I love when Pittsburgh comes to town and, and plays the Rowdies because there's – always seems to be such a shift at Alang Stadium and in Pittsburgh really puts the Rowdies on their toes. I think we're going to see a 1-0 um, final out of this one for the Rowdies, but I think it's going to be a defensive fight this game. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I, I expected the Rowdies to score a lot earlier than they did against yeah. Charlotte. Um, but then it was one of those things where like once one was in, sort of the floodgates started to open a little bit and Tampa Bay really showed their stuff. Um, I am with you in that they won't be afforded the same opportunity against Pittsburgh. It won't nope. be like a, hey, the egg is cracked. Now we have the whole thing in the pan. It'll be like a, how long do we have to keep tapping the side of the pan until this egg cracks type deal? So I'm with you. Much tighter contest. Um, I think that's probably my pick of the Eastern Conference bunch, but you just you can't take your eyes off any of the other ones either. Oh, it's going to be a good one, including that FC Tulsa and Indy 11 game, which obviously, again, FC Tulsa over in the Eastern Conference um, this season. So a, a really unique meeting between these two sides. It's got to be my buy or sell. So, Scott, buy or sell FC Tulsa earns their third win of the season over Indy 11 on the road as well. I'm, I'm buying it. I yeah. Really, I'm buying it. Yeah, I know this is um, this is Indy's return to Carroll Stadium. Um and I know there were some extenuating circumstances on Saturday that only led to a, a 1-0 in Birmingham. But man, I just like this Tulsa team. I really do. I think they've got a, they've got a lot of potential. Joaquin Rivas has already scored more goals than I could even dream of scoring at the 
championship level. Um, and yeah, I just think they're going to come in with their confidence high. They are going to know what they're capable of. And I think that within that capability is beating in the 11, even on the road. So I'm buying that one. You'll love a bold prediction out of Scott Stew. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll revisit that one in uh, two weeks time. We'll take a little hiatus here uh, next week. I, I will be out uh, of, of the office for a week and cannot leave Stu on his own here. Um, his person personality is enough for one of them. I can't imagine what he has to do to bring mine to the table as well. So um, we'll, we'll revisit you guys here as we look um look ahead to week five at that point. Wow. Um, we're, we're moving quickly with it. And uh, week three starts up really quickly. You guys, uh, Wednesday, May 5th, 10 30 PM Eastern, the first late night one of the season. And honestly, this past week is the longest we're going to be waiting here. Um, we're going to see a lot more of these Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, um, these, these games starting earlier in the week. So the wait's over the championships come in full head. Uh, just hope you guys are ready. Yeah. So and if I want to make a quick plug, because I've honestly been really impressed with what I've seen in League One as well. So just in case, for some reason, you're like, okay, championship, I love you. It's going to be a long season. I need to take a little bit of a break. Check out League One. It's been fantastic so far. I think um, I speak for our, our League One guy, Cameron Kubek, in saying that this is one of the most attractive properties in all of the soccer world. So can't get enough. Can't get hey, enough. Listen, they're about to be on uh, a national display here uh, coming in what the next, the next week or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next week and a half. Um, so of course, with that unfinished business narrative heading over there. So a lot of fun ones coming up here soon um, in league one, definitely included in that uh, before we get a go away with this one today, Matt Calvo, it is your time uh, to, to throw us over between a rock and a hard place. All right. So have a handful of, of, of choices for you all to make today for me to decide my life. I feel like that's what I'm going to do going forward. Just let the two of you decide uh, what are the best things in life for me. So like we're going to start off with a simple warm up one uh, call or text. Mm. Call. Call. We work wow. in, in, we're media people. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not good ones. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm surprised by that. Um, all right. This one. Um, Kelsey, maybe a little familiar for you right now. Escape room or like a VR, like void place that you go in, whole VR experience. VR for me, I like it. Like it gets weird in there sometimes and I get dizzy really easily, but VR, I think it's just cool. To be fair, I've never done a VR, so I can't, I can't attest to it. Um, so mine's escape room. Have you done an escape room, Scott? I have, and I had a lot of fun, but I did VR when Louisville City Stadium was being put together, and I moved halfway across the stadium in the blink of an eye, and I just you just can't get better than that. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. Okay, I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, are you an early morning or a late night person? Morning. Yeah, I'm the earliest of early mornings. Like, 5 o'clock is like I, I should have been well awake at that point. I have a friend staying with me for a few days right now. And uh, the other morning she woke up and she just goes, uh, my, my boyfriend's name is Brian. She goes, I just really feel for Brian right now. And I'm just like, what, what's going on? She's like, you're a lot in the morning. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just, I'm up and I'm ready to go. And she's like, you're ready to go when the rest of us are still trying to figure out what time it is. And I'm like, morning person it is. We got things to do. Stu. Early bird gets the worm. Yep. There's no late night owl phrase for that. <laughs> the worm is gone by the time you could come up with the phrase. The worm's asleep. Yeah, the worm's asleep. 
but the drinks are flowing. Well, I prefer, well, I'm not going to say I prefer worms. That'd be weird. It's, uh, <laughs> All right. Leftovers, yay or nay? Yeah. I'm cool with certain foods for leftovers. Not everything. I don't eat restaurant leftovers. I only eat like homemade leftovers. See, and I'll do like, I'll do cold pizza, but like, I'm not going to like reheat my breakfast. Like I'm not reheating yeah. eggs or something, you know? All right. Easy transition to the next one. On pizza, meat or veggie? Meat. Meat. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy. Uh, that one though. The protein. Current uh, social media thing, uh, uh, from what I understand from the kids these days, uh, center part or side part? <laughs> I can't believe you just had this question. <laughs> I'm a center part girl myself. <laughs> I, I think clearly I'm a side part guy, so I'm going to stick with that. This is a the thing, next, right? Like this is the, the current thing, the center part. It's big on TikTok right now. Yeah. Um, you have to next show do your part down the middle, Scott, and and show the difference. Because the whole thing right now is is nobody. What'd you say? I said the Dwight Schrute route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a big thing right now that like nobody looks good with both a middle part and a side part. Yeah, that would be proven true next yeah. week. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And last one to uh, to circle around back back to soccer. This is a soccer show. Uh, just in general, better goal, a volley or a free kick? Oh, I'm a sucker for a volley. Yeah, I there's think just, so. There's just something about the ball dropping out of the sky and you just hit it like a meteorite finding the, the next universe. I'm just the timing itself on a volley is just like enough to, to take me away. Now, like a, a sweet it, and it is contextual. I'll say that like end of game, I'll take either like a, a late minute winner, like anything. I'll take anything. But if I'm just like picking the bunch, no matter what the, the circumstances are, I'm going volley. All right. I think uh, one thing that I've learned, I, my takeaway from this is that uh, I'm very different from both of you. <laughs> this, this has been the uh, this has been rocking a hard place. Beautiful. I love that. Um, and I also, before we close the show, want to say that um, out of the three shows that we've had so far in 2021, Scott and I have matched for two of them. So we are not in the same building and we're still, we're still color coordinating. Um, just, just two hosts always on the same wavelength. You, you gotta love it. Stu. It's just easy. You know, <laughs> it makes this life a lot easier when we're on the same page. And really, it really does. Just a reminder, everyone, we will be taking a hiatus next week. So steal some time will be back on the 18th of May. Until then, you'll have plenty of USL Championship action. It's starting this uh, this coming Wednesday, May 5th, and of course, our ESPN game um, on ESPN Deportes on the 6th, so this Thursday. It's all online at USLChampionship.com for the full schedule. Until the 18th, Scott Stewart, Kelsey Steele. We'll catch you next time.